Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. and declared the campaign dead. And then came South Carolina and they had something to say about it. And we're told, well, when you got to Super Tuesday, it'd be over. Well, it may be over for the other guy. Where's no! The, what is it now, 90 hours ago, Joe Biden had never won a primary or a caucus in three times running for president? and. Somewhat decent reason to believe he never would. Right. Now he might be the nominee. He won half the states last night. Now that that Bloomberg is out and he's saying he's going to now support Joe Biden, maybe some of those funds can go to getting him something other than a Mr. Microphone to speak into (laughs) his uh, his victory speech. The audio quality was a little rough there. The politician says... <laughs> Bloomberg is out. Has Bloomberg actually said he's supporting Joe Biden, or are you just assuming? Uh, no, he said that. He, he said actually that. did? Yeah. Okay, uh, can you read that? Uh, yeah, let me find it. Just one second. Um, yeah, I had that. Uh, there it no, is. He, uh, 
Where to go? Where to go? But yeah, he said that. He said his friend and great American Joe Biden. That's who he would be backing. From Maggie Hamerman, quote, I've had the chance to work with Joe on those issues over the years, and Joe has fought for working people his whole life today. I'm glad glad to endorse him, and I will work to make him the next president of the United States. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The other thing that has changed in a week, in my opinion, maybe you disagree, uh, is that Bernie really looked like he was going to be the nominee or have a good argument for it, and I thought Trump would trounce Bernie easily. No two ways about it. Now with Biden looking like the nominee, with Bloomberg's billion dollars behind him, boy, I think it's it's a it's a full on race now. Well, I think it absolutely is, and I don't want to you know over flog this point, but I think it's one you have to make. Any trend, any impression you'd formed prior to yesterday is out the window. The vast, vast numbers of people decided at the last minute their only concern was who's most likely to beat Trump. And and if you look at the post-South Carolina vote in which Joe uh, whooped tiny, uh, even more than expected, he was expected probably to win it, but he just absolutely dominated. Everybody said, all right, that's it. And the numbers of voters who voted same day yesterday who went for Biden were was overwhelming. Bernie's support was hugely. It wasn't about millionaires and billionaires and the revolution. It's not about that. People don't want a friggin' revolution in America. Anyway, it was about, okay, apparently he's the guy who's going to win. And once Biden won South Carolina, that shit went completely out the window. You eliminate early voting, and, and Biden won going away yesterday. And and I think that will be proved out, particularly in the the good-hearted, practical Midwestern states. So if he won states that he never visited, didn't have a single campaign worker in the state, mm-hmm. what happens when you combine that with Bloomberg's operation? Because all those employees for Bloomberg and all those states, they're going to stay there. They're right. just now going to start working for Joe Biden. Right. It's not like they were a bad idea. It's just that Bloomberg was so unappealing a candidate, didn't do any good. But if you have a reasonably impressive candidate, then it would do some good. So to me, and again, I'll I'll probably eat these words, it's Biden and Trump, which is going to be a heck of an interesting uh, race. Joe Biden is a dummy. (laughs) (laughs) And very difficult to predict. I know some of you don't want to hear that, but it's a tough one to call. Hmm. Can... Can Biden continue to try to play on that, uh, uh, trying to be on a higher, higher ground of of discourse? Stay on the high road. Yeah, can he do that, or do you get pulled down? Will Trump be able to pull him down into the mud where Trump is uh, is really really good? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Hillary tried to stay on the high ground. That didn't work. Right. You just look like an idiot standing there while he's saying you ought to be in jail and the crowd yeah. roaring. Yeah, but <laughs> if you if you set Hillary on fire, she couldn't act authentically hot. That's true. That was her problem. Yeah. Um so it, it wasn't the wrong strategy, it was just the wrong person. I'm picturing Biden the way he's probably gonna handle it. If he can be the chuckling grandfatherly, why are you so mean, man? Americans don't like meanness. If he can just stay to that in a disciplined way, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. He's he's run three times in his life. You gotta you gotta assume he's been pretty thoroughly vetted. There can't be. I mean, obviously things can happen between 1988 when he first ran and now. Mm-hmm. But um, unlike Bernie, 
My thing with Bernie was he gets the nomination. That period of his life of his, when he was in his 30s is going to be looked into. Yeah. And who knows what was going on there. But Biden doesn't have that. No. He's been thoroughly scrutinized for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear a lot about Hunter. You're going to hear a lot oh, about yeah. him being oh, senile yeah. and past yeah. his prime. Hunter, you're a loser. Hunter might be back in the news, right? Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. He's already Fantastic. trending on Twitter. So, yeah, it's it, it could be uh, ugly, even by political standards. Yeah. I'm I'm out of the prediction game though. I'm, well, I'm see, I was you. thinking about this last night, and I know uh, some people take that. Uh, what's the point? But it's not it's not random. I mean, you can't. I don't think anybody's arguing that you just. It's a coin flip. The way these decisions are made, there, right. there's decision making going on. Right. It's not. It's oh, not yeah. like spinning yeah. a roulette roulette wheel mm-hmm. and it lands on twenty two. Why were yeah. we talking about nineteen all this time? It landed on twenty two. There's a reason this stuff happens, and I think trying to figure out the reason is fascinating. The I, I suppose the ultimate fact that you can't figure it out is one reason to throw up your hands. Right. Although, yeah, I didn't mean to make the point that we shouldn't be talking about it. I love baseball, and and if a shortstop's playing particularly well, I will talk about it and enjoy talking about it. I won't necessarily predict that they're going to win the World Series. Um. So, yeah, what's what's about to unfold will be notable. I mean, it'll be nuts. Last time was nuts. This, hmm... See, this is what, uh, it's so hard to decide how nuts it's going to be because people keep inventing new ways of being nuts. <laughs> Here's what we need more of. Apparently, Shaq made a bet with somebody. I'm guessing Charles, uh, but Shaq made Shaq a bet. I, I believe it was with Dwayne Wade. Okay, Shaq yeah. lost a bet and <laughs> he had to grow out his hair. See, most people shave their head because we're bald. Yes, and we don't want our full hair on display. So Shaq lost his bet, so he's growing out his hair. <laughs> Now, that's a funny bet. And they've got him with his hair starting to come in on a Good Morning America today. That's what we need more of in America. I wonder if Shaq will ever run for president. Hilarious hijinks. No way. Our most mumbly candidate ever. <laughs> hey, well, I'm here to bring everybody together. Hey, coronavirus. <laughs> Nobody on this stage can handle me in the post. <laughs> right. I'm going to back my way into the White House. <laughs> no free throws in politics. I'll be fine. <laughs> Beautiful. So, uh, listen, this is a serious thing, but I want to talk to you about it a little bit. Just came across this. Yo, opponent, tell me how my bleep tastes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yo, incumbent. (laughs) Uh, The headline is dictatorships are making the coronavirus outbreak worse. And I want to tell you how that relates to Bernie Sanders and his plan for a grand utopian uh, socialist vision for America. Bernard Sanders. God, I, I almost feel like the Bernie thing's over. Um, we I want to d- d- drive a stake through its heart to make sure. And, well, we got a clip to that point uh, we could play coming up next segment um, from MSNBC last night. The Raging Cajun. He had his opinions. Yes, please. Yeah. Can't get enough of James Carville. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We might see Democrats starting to, to ask Sanders to, look, let's just don't drag this thing out any, any more than we have to. I mean, people want to get on to the general election. They want to get on to defeating Donald Trump. And yeah, I think Sanders showing tonight made hardly any showing with, with 
the African-Americans who are our most loyal constituency and our most exciting new constituency, and that is these educated uh, white women, uh, he, he showed nothing. And if, we, if we're going to beat Donald Trump, we, we can't be lollygagging around here for a lot longer because it seems like the party is starting to make a decision. James Carville on MSNBC last night making the argument it's time for Bernie to get out. Oh, boy. Wow. I disagree. Bernie was supposed to wrap it up last night. Whoops. Make it, you know, a done deal. Why is anybody else still running? And he got a guy arguing, it's time to get out, Bernie. Now, Brian Williams turned to him and said, I think a lot of our viewers are going to be saying it's a little premature to... uh." (laughs) And Carville said, look, there ain't going to be no revolution. Look at these numbers. Right. It's just a fact. But what's the argument for Bernie and his uh, his, uh, uh, cabal of lunatics? It's bad for the party to stay in? He's not in that damn party. Yeah. He's not even a Democrat. That was that was the thing I always screamed about Trump when when various Republicans would say he's hurting this or anything. He doesn't care. Right. He doesn't care about that. What part of that do you not get? <laughs> so yeah, Bernie will lay waste. He doesn't care. He's all he cares about are his wackadoo college professor ideas, which have never worked and will never work in the real world. And he's dangerous and needs to be shut down. But he's not going to do it himself. No freaking way he would. Please. Speaking of which. Came across this piece by one Alex Gladstein, whose work I did not know. Uh, Alex is actually, he works for the Human Rights Foundation, which is a nonprofit that focuses on promoting civil liberties inside authoritarian societies. Hmm. Now, I don't know anything about this organization. I haven't looked into what they believe and what they don't believe, but that's something I could really get behind. You know, when this uh, scam finally ends and we're booted out of the studio... And it's more a question of of when than if. Probably Uh, next Tuesday. It's entirely possible. Uh, I could really see getting into that sort of work. But anyway, having said that, the headline, dictatorships are making the coronavirus outbreak worse. And it starts with this just telling statement by Chinese human rights activist Yaki Wang. No matter how stretched government resources are, silencing criticism will always be the Communist Party's number one priority. She was referring to the fact that yet another citizen journalist who was trying to report the truth on the coronavirus uh, got arrested and disappeared, and God knows where she is. Then Alex talks about the Chernobyl disaster. Soviet regime tried to cover up the calamitous effects of the nuclear meltdown. Either, either you know about Chernobyl or you don't. Uh, it's a fabulous miniseries. What's that on the HBO, uh, Sean? Correct, and uh, it's fantastic. You can watch it when you want these days. It's called On Demand. He points out a new study from The Economist, which is a magazine that I subscribe to for a number of months. It is suffocatingly serious (laughs) and dense, and it will spend pages on trade between one part of Denmark and another part of Denmark. (laughs) I let that one lapse, but it is a learned publication. But the new study reveals dictatorships are bad for public health. And they go over 40 years of diseases from smallpox to Zika to Ebola. Who could forget the Zika? Democracies. That's right. That's the one I was supposed to be afraid of a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Democracies, their analysis concludes, quote, are better than other forms of government at containing and treating outbreaks, experiencing lower mortality rates for epidemic diseases than their non-democratic counterparts. And I could go into more depth, but, you know, we have limited time, and I think the point's been made. There are a couple of reasons for this, though. Number one, 
and and this bears repeating over and over again, free societies are much more prosperous, much more. Every the poor in free societies are like the elite in a lot of these oppressive societies inside the really tight you know group of super elites like in uh, socialist Venezuela, where as Vince Scully pointed out, the richest person in Venezuela is the daughter of Hugo Chavez. Huh? Interesting. Anyway, Owen. Owen two. Anyway, Owen two. Right. <laughs> Right. So that's that's one of the reasons. But the more important reason, and this is what I want to emphasize when you're falling in love with the idea of Bernie and socialism, democratic socialism, whatever. And this usually goes over the top and causes a disaster. Sometimes societies can limit it. I will concede that. But usually it's a disaster. And that is this. Jack, what is the most important thing in any political system? Mm, I don't know. Information. Oh, there you go. Knowledge and information. Knowledge is power. It really is power. And if you take power, like in Chavez's Venezuela or a hundred other examples, and you've declared, we are going to make this work. We're going to run the economy. We're going to decide who gets free speech and the rest of it. We're going we're gonna to perfect society like Bernie's always uh, promising. And it starts to go sideways. Or there start to be really good, powerful arguments about you and your system. Every single regime like this bows to the temptation to start limiting information and speech. It's just you can't resist that if you've staked everything on making your system work. Because these sons of you-know-whats who are over, over there on the street corner telling the truth are hurting your system. The system is more important than those individuals. And you start saying things like, that's not free speech, that's hate speech. Or they're counter-revolutionaries. And so you just, they always succumb to the temptation to start limiting who gets to say what and who gets to hear what. And then to bring it back to this uh, piece by uh, Alex Gladstein. Once you go down that road, man, once you're used to controlling information... It's just like trying to control the economy. You control it badly. Human beings aren't meant to, That's why liberty is, is a gift from God. Human beings are not meant to control that. So you could, you would think the communist Chinese could deal with the coronavirus great because they can tell everybody what to do. They don't have to have your cooperation. They'll just lock you in your apartment building or, or put you to death or disappear you as a journalist. China is asshole. That's right. You know, in short, they are. Um, you'd think they'd be great at, no, they're, terrible at it they are awful at containing diseases just because they think they can control everything now come on china speaking of controlling things and socialism so the president of france announced what the price of hand soap should be uh i I just can't believe that anybody Ah, thinks that's controls yeah no kidding they always work so if you're a company rent control so if you're a company that makes hand soap instead of being able to project with any idea what you're going to be able how much money you're to make or how much you're going to sell now you have no idea because who knows when the government jumps and changes the price right so you just wouldn't make any and if the government sets a price that isn't uh, uh, profitable enough to continue busting your ass to make soap you just won't right so so you're gonna have worse shortages how how does everybody not get that except for like three countries Oh, man, I just read this. The uh, the first year after Gavin Newsom take, took control of California with all his yelling about homelessness and the rest of it, because of his policies and his uh, party's policies, the housing supply declined. The rate of growth declined. 
as people said, I'm not building a, a rental building. I'm not building an apartment building. This is crazy because sure. I have no way, just like you were saying, I have no way to know if this is going to work or not because it's subject to the whims of bureaucrats. Well, a great political pundit that understands the Democratic Party better than I do, Dana Milbank of the Washington Post, we're going to talk to him a little bit about what happened on Super Tuesday. He's a liberal, but he's very smart, and he calls him as he sees him. Biden lives. Who thunk it? The Armstrong and Getty Show. Virginia! North Carolina! Alabama! Tennessee! Oklahoma! Arkansas! Minnesota! And maybe even Massachusetts, it's too close to call. Now, so that was before Texas. Um, Joe Biden reciting the lyrics to, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> I've been everywhere. So Joe Biden winning all those states, huge night. He doesn't need to hire a sound guy that understands how VU meters work. But, um, <laughs> what are you thinking about? What is wrong with that audio? <laughs> um, so uh, Biden, huge night. Bernie, horrible night. Way different than anybody expected. And it could have been so much worse. Two things that saved Bernie from just a flat-out drubbing. Mm-hmm. That's early voting and the fact that Bloomberg was still in the race. Yeah. Um, you take away early voting. I just saw some more numbers on that. Biden far and away trounced among people that voted yesterday. Bernie got the votes back when Biden looked dead in the water, and a lot of those people wanted their ballots back. I've declared I'm out of the prediction business many times, and I predict I'll say that some more. But... I would be shocked to my core if this trend did not continue and Bernie just vanished. I mean, more or less. He's going to have a hell of a lot of delegates, so we'll have a little power at the convention. i got to believe everybody who tends to vote Democrat is saying, okay, it's Biden. Biden's the guy. And, and, and the Bernie fanatical crowd, which is a limited number of folks. In fact, fewer people are turning out this time than last time to vote for Bernie. Who saw that coming? Um, I suspect that's going away quickly, and, and we're hoping to talk to Dana Milbank of the Washington Post about that in a minute. One more political note. It's apropos of nothing, but uh, amuse the hell out of me. Chelsea Clinton t- uh, tweeted yesterday, President Clump... Clump? Who's President Clump? Nobody. I'm an idiot. <laughs> President Trump has left the U.S. dangerously unprepared to face a public health crisis like the coronavirus outbreak. And one one of the top replies was, so far, more people in the U.S. have died trying to testify against your mother than have died from coronavirus. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my it's God. It's the Clinton body count. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Sometimes Twitter's often I, awesome. I Sometimes know. it's not. I know. Usually not. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. hilarious. If oh, you, by the way, if you are uh, anywhere in the country clicking refresh on California, especially if you're a Bernie fan... Uh, don't really bother. It's going to be days, most likely, according to the L.A. Times, weeks before they have the results out. It's very complicated, and they're opening they're opening ballots like by hand, yeah, and counting them. California's policy is to make sure every mouth breather, yay, who a numbskull can cast a ballot, or in the case of a friend uh, who we talked to yesterday, 
Uh, Bernie's campaign workers were covering the neighborhoods, the Hispanic neighborhoods, saying, we'll take your ballot, we'll take your ballot, give us your ballot, we'll take your ballot, or we'll help you fill it out by filling it out for you, we'll turn it in for you, just uh, sign here, sign here. And so you have early ballots, you got mail-in ballots that could be postmarked as late as yesterday at 5 p.m., I think it was. So it'll be hundreds of thousands, if not a million votes, coming in in dribs and drabs over the next and, uh, couple of weeks. And those later no- votes are way more likely to be Biden votes. Yes, so that's the ones, true. The ones that are postmarked yesterday afternoon, way it, more likely to be Biden votes. Yes, except uh, in the case of the, the vote harvesting, which is right. illegal almost sure. everywhere, but it's legal in Calunicornia. Yeah, they aren't going to drop off the Biden votes. That's no. this that's the worry with vote harvesting. Oh yeah, of course not. They'll say they're from the Democratic Party or whatever, then they will guide the hand of your elderly aunt and fill it out the way they want. In fact, they were saying, quote, we don't have time for the rest of it. Just just fill out president, sign it. All right, give it to us. Bullying the old Bernie's campaign workers. Anybody looking at those lists in newspapers or on the cable news channels of the delegate uh delegates by states last night? Didn't you don't you have to look at that? How would you? How do you look at that and not think? I'm not sure that's good that California gets that many delegates, one state. Yeah, particularly because of the wackadoodleness of California's Democrats. I mean, they're out there compared to Democrats in the rest of the country. A Michigan Democrat would be as freaked out by a California Democrat, well, twice as freaked out than they would be by a Michigan Republican. They know Michigan Republicans. They just view things a little differently. You get a Michigan Democrat in San Francisco, they'd say, get me home. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how that'll progress. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. That you got to cut the state in two. California, be, at least in two. California being this gigantic colossus was an accident of history because there was nobody, nobody in California when it became a state, really, relatively speaking. And then people discovered, oh, my God, the climate's fantastic and the scenery is breathtaking. And now there are 35, 37 million people in California. But it's a, it is a colossus. So I actually didn't see any of Bernie's speech last night. I don't know how I missed that. I did. I watched it for a while. Um, what was his what was his well, what was his message when he was getting just killed? Two impressions I took away from it. Number one, he was still hammering his message. It was all about policy, all about we're going to bring the millionaires and billionaires to their knees. It was the usual stuff. The that's other, the status quo, Joe. And from what I understand, that's been his message since he emerged from the the, the womb in Ot 6. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I, I appreciate having a, a, a Joe clip. We've been playing, get your words straight, Jack, for weeks now. Finally, a Joe clip. That's the status quo, Joe. All right. There you go. Finally, I get a little respect. Come on now. Uh, So the other impression that I got, and it crystallized in my head after listening to the the clip from Donahue and the other stuff we played of Bernie through the years saying, no, I'm I'm not a capitalist. I do not believe in the profit motive. I do not believe uh, people striving for themselves does uh, society good, which you'd have to be profoundly mentally ill. (laughs) to believe or be such an ideologue that you're blind to reality please read enlightenment now uh by pinker is that his name thomas pinker steven steven pinker his brother thomas is useless he's a he's he's a socialist anyway uh read uh enlightenment now by uh, thanksgivings in that family by pinker yeah uh but anyway it occurred to me i was listening to bernie rant on and on he was talking about the greed of the pharmaceutical companies 
And we're going to end the greed of the insurance companies and the greed of the oil companies and the greed of the pen and pencil companies and the greed of taxi cab drivers. And the gre-. and he was talking about everybody's greed, and it occurred to me, oh, that's right. He sees everybody who's trying to make a profit not as a natural participant in the free market, but as greedy, as being twisted, as being a bad person. If you want to do a good job of work and get a promotion and make more money, you're not doing what all human beings have done f- from time uh, you know, immemorial. You're greedy. And so he was hammering that really hard. Well, Rahm Emanuel is one of the smartest political minds out there. He's part of the Obama team. Um, and then mayor of Chicago, he, he last Boy, night that was a rough go, but he is a smart guy. He said last night, one of the biggest things that happened yesterday was the split in the black and brown vote. That has been a coalition that oh, yeah. Democrats have been counting on for years and it's split. Black voters went for Bernie and brown voters went for, oh, I'm sorry, brown okay, voters went for Bernie and black voters went for Biden. And mm. that's a, a split. And as you mentioned, Van Jones making the point on CNN, hey, Bernie, those black voters didn't go to Biden because they're millionaires and billionaires. Right. And Bernie was ranting and raving about the powers that be, the establishment is against us. Yeah, working class black people in South Carolina are the establishment. They're the the, the big, mean, scary millionaires and billionaires you keep demonizing. Please. Uh, I tell you what, and I made this point earlier, and you, you must have the confidence, my friends. Draw it from us if you must. To reject the whole woke, intersectional, nut job, postmodern, everybody's a racist crowd. There is no possible explanation, according to their own theories, for Hispanic people breaking hard core to Bernie and black people going to Joe's way than racism. It's got to be racism. The only reason more black people do X, Y, or Z is racism. The only possible reason more uh, Hispanic people would go in a certain direction is racism. It's all about race. Race all the time. And and let's lump in, just for the sake of the discussion, the utterly paternalistic and disgusting idea that people who look alike ought to vote alike. Are you kidding? I God, Hitler admires that sort of thinking. I find it despicable. And then from the woman thing, that if you don't for, vote for a woman, clearly misogyny was at play. Elizabeth Warren finished third among women in her own state. Right. Right. So Hillary and her bull crap she's trying to sell about, well, it was Putin and misogyny. No, no, it's not. It's not. That stuff is so old and tired. You, me, and everybody we know, the right candidate comes along. They're, they're a woman. They're, they're Hispanic. They're black. None of us gives a damn. The right leader with the right policies? Yes, please. Quit buying the argument about, you know, we're racist from our founding and racism drives everything. It doesn't. Hey, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Did you wait really, really long in line? 415-295-KFTC. Did you wait long in line somewhere? Because if you're hearing stories of people waiting four or five hours to vote, I don't know how that Ain't happens. nobody got time for that. I don't right. know how that happens anywhere in the United States. I also don't know how you put up with it. So maybe, those, maybe I'm a bad American, but I ain't waiting five oh, hours. No way. That's a, well, that's abuse. And, and for some good, I'll tell you why. That's just completely ridiculous. Plus, we'll talk to Dana Milbank of the Washington Post in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I started out 
down a dirty road. We've seen 72 hours in American politics that we have never seen before. Yeah. The guy who is on, flat on his back, desperate to have a win, the only, only chance to be in the game is to win, and he wins overwhelmingly. I think it was 48-20, and then goes on to, and then galvanizes the country. And then you saw it in the late deciders. We saw it in the exit polls. You mm -hmm. see it by comparing the early vote in Texas. A million Democrats voted early. And you, you see then what happened on Election Day, big movement towards Biden. Only Trump's surprising win has been more just what than the last 72 hours in politics. Just wow. Let's discuss uh, with Dana Milbank, op-ed columnist covering national politics for The Washington Post and always an interesting conversation. Dana, how are you, sir? I'm well. I would say this is more surprising than Trump's win because, you know, he had the uh, James Comey effect, you know, the week before this one was just, uh, you know, it, it really just all changed in like three days. Well, here's what we've decided to do as kind of pundits ourselves. We've got our executive producer digging up tape of us from a year and a half ago or a year ago or whatever he decides on of us discussing polls. Then we're going to play it and we're going to punish ourselves yes. so that hopefully we remember in the future not <laughs> to take these polls so seriously. Well, or take them seriously, but you always have to add the caveat, a snapshot in time. So. <sighs> They, but what's the point? We're wasting our they lives. <laughs> we dupe people into continuing to listen. Or is read. The point. Yeah. So, Dana, on a yeah. more serious uh, note, that incredible turnaround, what, what was the engine behind it? What motivated it? You know, it's just everything came together at the same time. You had Bloomberg just terrible in those two debates, and that, that people were saying, all right, wait, this isn't the guy I have been seeing. Uh, in the ads, you suddenly had Biden uh, come to life in the uh, South Carolina debate in a way he hadn't uh, previously. Uh, you had Jim Clyburn with this uh, extraordinary endorsement. And then uh, in South Carolina and this unbelievable, what was it, 40 points or something, the, uh, uh, the or 30 points, the margin of victory beyond what anybody expected. And then I think you had a lot of calculation among the other candidates saying, look, it's, you know, if we don't get out of here, it's just going to be Sanders. So they all rallied behind the, the sort of the last man standing. Uh, and you saw, uh, you know, piled on with endorsements, people like Terry McAuliffe. So that all came together. And then uh, you saw what what happened yesterday. And in fact, you know, the only reason Biden didn't uh, uh, do better or perhaps even win in uh, places like Colorado and California, because there was so much early voting. So right. people were voting when they still thought, you know, Klobuchar and Buttigieg and Steyer were in the race. Uh, so it's entirely possible he would have you know, swept right through there, Biden would have. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about how had. It, it could have been so much worse for Bernie. If you take away early voting and Bloomberg, Biden rules last night. Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, uh, Bloomberg <laughs> didn't seem to have uh, a whole lot of uh, effect on anything, but uh, he'll... Uh, you don't, keep, now, you don't so, consider uh, America Samoa a major win? <laughs> I do. In fact, I'm, I'm putting together a column that I think we should not this uh, American Samoa because I think he was on course also perhaps to win Guam and the <laughs> Northern Mariana Islands. And so, you know, I mean, I read somewhere that he couldn't... had that he had um, seven people on the ground at America Samoa and for and 100 right, voters turned out 25 percent of about 25 percent of the population and 100 voters turned out. So he had seven people working on 100 voters. Well, that's something. That might will be turned now in favor of Joe Biden, apparently, in those those dollars. So uh, Dana Milbank of the Washington Post, 
looking into your crystal ball, which we just disavowed moments ago, um, what, if anything, could upend Biden now? Because he sure looks to be, you know, just sprinting away with the lead. Uh, yeah, he does for the moment. But, I mean, I, it's very hard to see him, you know, getting a, a, an absolute majority of the delegates. It's very easy to see him having uh, continued gaffes or senior moments or, or whatever it is. Now, I don't think that in his case, I don't think they're senior moments because I've been doing them his whole life. But, uh, you know, people will attribute it to that. You know, who knows what else is going to happen out there? And Sanders may well wind up uh, – you know, with this uh, scorched earth sort of a campaign against Biden, that'll uh, pull his supporters uh, away, even even if he wins the nomination and weaken him against Trump. Ooh. So I, I think it's, you know, it's really hard to make a prediction first that he'll definitely have the nomination. And even if he does, I mean, Sanders is really in a position uh, to uh, to return Trump to office for four more years. I don't know what he'll do. But I don't know what the argument would be against Biden. I mean, if it's close going into the convention, Bernie wins states that any Democrat's going to win in a presidential election. Biden is the guy that's winning some states that are going to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be the logic of it. But it's, you know, that what's what's fueling Sanders is, you know, he's got this really passionate uh, group. It's a little like Trump. You know, he packs uh, arenas. Uh, His supporters are are very young and enthusiastic, uh, and they're really devoted to him in a way that uh, supporters are not devoted to any other candidate who's been in the race or really it's very rare in politics. I mean, it's, it's, it's Trumpian uh, in that respect. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the power that's fueling Sanders. What we saw yesterday was he's not really expanding the electorate. You know, he's not uh, increasing turnout. In fact, it looked like places where turnout had increased were pretty strong for uh, Biden. So, you know, the logic doesn't necessarily work, but, you know, the logic didn't really work for Trump either. So there's, you know, there's there's emotion and passion going on. here. Who is better at uh, turning out voters, uh, Bernie Sanders or Fidel Castro, in your opinion? <laughs> I'm, that was, you know what? That was irresponsible. It was mean. I retract yeah. well, the question. You know, come on. I Did mean, that help? Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg was taking the uh, American Samoa. I think we should enter Cuba into the equation. as mm. well. Welcome, Cuba, as we our 51st state. <laughs> Dana Milbank of the Washington Post. Dana, we're up against a hard break, but it's uh, always fun. Thanks uh, for the time. We appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so it hadn't occurred to me, but it is a, a terrifying and, and semi-likely prospect that Bernie will, for reasons of ideology, because he believes the crap he spouts. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. He is not a phony. Right. He will gladly lay waste to Joe Biden. And the entire Democratic Party, if it suits his long-term Marxian goals. And I mean Carl, not Groucho. Um, So I could see him just trying to burn Biden at the stake and weaken him for the general in a way that you never, ever see in intra-party fighting because he's not part of that party. He didn't do that to Hillary, and it seemed like it had been a good time to do it. Yeah, but that's because he felt like he had one more hurrah in him. Well, this time he realizes he's got at least four or five toes in the grave. And he's thinking, <laughs> what is my legacy? Would Lenin have put up with this, he's asking himself? Wow. No, he'd line people against the wall and, and, and shoot them. Now, I don't think Bernie's going to shoot anybody, but he, yeah, he would lay waste to the Democratic Party. I think he got Biden's mojo with Bloomberg's money and organization coming together. Uh, battling Trump, it's going to be quite... Quite the race going on down to November. Holy cow. Yeah, and listen, Trump fans, I got some bad news for you. 
Trump being mean to Hillary worked because she's a loathsome human being. <laughs> Who uh, could in, possibly like her? In a dozen different ways, which I don't have time to describe. Joe Biden is hes half a dozen different kinds of goofy, but he's a reasonably nice person. Um, so I just I wonder how the Trump playbook will play against old Uncle Joe. He'll find a way. Yep. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.